Hey guys, I'm gonna start answering all your marketing questions and concerns on here. I'm gonna give you quick bite-sized actionable marketing strategies and tactics that will help you attract new patients immediately and grow your practice. Every Monday, a short episode will come out and each month we will be covering a topic. Topics like ground marketing, Google AdWords, internal marketing, reputation management, and more. And I will have experts, agencies, and professionals give us step-by-step instructions you can easily implement. What you're listening to will be actionable steps you can do today. No strings attached. And then you will see the results. So without further delay, let's get into our Monday morning marketing episode. Hey, Casey, so talk to us. Tell me one or a couple tactics, strategies, or thoughts we can do before opening our doors to the public that you know can definitely help other practice owners out if we were to implement it today. Sounds good. Michael, thanks for having me back on, man. It's always fun catching up and stuff here. So I did something a little bit different and a little unusual for opening a practice. Um, I opened my pediatric practice October of 2020. I wasn't going to sleep well at night unless I knew I had a lot of patients lined up. Like I wanted phones ringing. I wanted butts to be ready to go in seats like from the moment we opened up. So, you know, that first step to that is, you know, you get your VoIP phone set up. So I got my, my internet presence, I uh, got my VoIP phone set up. I built my own website. This was all during COVID. So I had a lot of downtime, but uh, yeah, I built my own website on Squarespace, a couple days of sitting around quarantined and a few YouTube videos and was able to put something together nice there. And uh, I also designed my own referral pads that I, I did using Word was really not that hard. And got them all printed, business cards, got it all designed, ready to go. And uh, about three months before opening, two to three months before opening, I created a spreadsheet for all my referral sources, which in pediatric dentistry, especially if you're rural, referral sources are going to be a big way to to get a a patient influx like pretty quickly. So since I'm kind of semi-rural, I made a spreadsheet with pretty much every general dentist and specialist and pediatrician in about a 60 mile radius up to maybe hour, hour 15 minute drive. And I uh, made a spreadsheet with who they were, the practice, the number of doctors, fun facts about it, kind of really did some due diligence there. And then just made like a cloud-based spreadsheet. So I had, you know, 40, 50 different referring doctors. And then I did something a little outside the box. I got this idea from a friend um, who I found a, a bag of coffee in his back seat from like a golf tournament that had a business card on it um, several months prior. And I was like, oh, that could be, that could be good. Everybody likes coffee. <laughs> One a way to get into, you know, your professional colleague's mind like multiple times, you know, it's going to take more than you want a good first impression, but you want a way for them to see your face and your name a couple times. So I thought, here's what I'm going to do. I got online and I went to the Black Rifle Coffee website, which I'm a big coffee drinker. And I really like those guys that got good coffee kind of um, a popular coffee company, but I bought $800 worth of um, different cool coffee bags and it's all freedom and guns and fireworks. And it's, it's kind of a cool brand of coffee, but um, like a, a no, almost a pallet worth of coffee, tons and tons of coffee showed up at my door. And then uh, I took my, my business card and printed it on like sticky, made a adhesive version of the business card. And I stuck it to the face of every coffee bag that I had. And hmm. then I printed, I got a referral pad business card. And then for each office, I typed up some similar version of a, you know, kind of about me referral type letter that was just, you know, here's who I am. This is my, my practice. This is my background. This is my philosophy. Really try to make it personal, not cookie cutter, but like, this is me. I own the practice. I'm going to be here for 30 years. 
Like, here's my personal cell phone. Call me anytime. Like, I'll put my everything on the line. I'm going to provide the best care for these kids that you're sending me. And so put the stack of stuff together. And then I spent about three days in person driving to all these offices. Um, it was hard because it was during COVID, but personally went around meeting these doctors face to face whenever I could, whenever they were there. Um, and that was tricky because obviously some dentists work Mondays and Thursdays and are off the other two days. So it took me a while, but pretty much got to everybody and uh, shook a lot of hands, gave them the referral uh, information and the coffee. A lot of them respected it and knew, knew what the coffee was. And um, I got some good follow-up and good feedback from it. And, you know, they take the coffee home every day. They're making coffee for their wife or they've got it at the office making a cup of coffee. And they see my face with my, you know, my business card. I've got my face on it, my, my logo. And then I've got my mission statement on it, like a three by three adhesive sticker. So, so with that, you know, then uh, I just kind of sat back, started working on stuff for the office in the meantime. And I got my first phone call um, for a new patient that was referred. And it was really, really cool. I was in the middle of moving into my, my new house and thought, man, that's pretty awesome. So I started a different spreadsheet, uh, cloud-based spreadsheet in my phone. I just get the patient's name, chief complaint, contact info, all that good stuff. And uh, I just told him, hey, you know, I'm open this new practice. I got you on a wait list for be one of, being one of the first people to, to get into the new practice. And uh, most everybody was cool with that and understood because this area didn't have a pediatric dentist. So and then the phone just rang a little bit more and kept ringing and my cell phone kept buzzing. And, and after about a month had, you know, well over a hundred patients on a, on a list ready to schedule. And so that kind of gave us a good framework when we actually did get open, did a kind of a trial run, got patients in place. I gave this big old spreadsheet to my, my girls up at the front desk and said, let's start scheduling. And they were able to put, you know, three figures, uh, over a hundred patients on our schedule for that, that first week. So I started seeing eight patients a day and that hundred kids, you know, obviously we're seeing five times that now and more, but we, we were able to keep the schedule the whole first month. We never had a gap. We never skipped a beat. Once we opened pretty much every appointment we were able to fill just by having that, that, that wait list. So it worked out well using the coffee as a way to create a little bit of brand awareness, kind of do it in a clever way. And then you add that personal touch and the handshake and you show up in person and give it to them. Those couple extra days uh, uh, in the beginning created referral sources that still keep feeding my way. I mean, there's most of these dentists still send me a couple of referrals a week at a minimum. And uh, there's obviously going to be a few that, that don't bite, but um, you know, I, I still try to do good stuff, you know, even little things, take them a pie. I take a, a day off a couple times a year and go to some of my bigger referral sources and just go in in person, drop them off some stuff, say, thank you. That kind of thing goes a long way. And just kind of thinking outside the box helps as well, just to keep those, that lifeline of referral sources and new patients coming. So it was a, it was a good idea and it worked and it worked out really well. Did you ever get anyone saying like, oh, I don't like coffee. I hate it. Or they didn't really even know what it was about or anything like that. Yeah, I did. I had a, I had a, a couple that were, oh, I don't drink coffee, but, um, um, but my, you know, my staff does or something. And, and, uh, there's an ortho group locally that I was unaware they were, they were all, um, LDS or, you know, a bunch of Muslim yeah. Mormon guys and they don't drink coffee. And I knew that and I just wasn't thinking, but I didn't know it at the time. So I'm here, I am giving everybody bags of coffee and I don't think they drink any of it. And, um, and honestly, there was a couple guys that it's amazing, like pediatricians, especially, it's hard to infiltrate the, the medicine world right off the bat. You know, for whatever reason, doctors are a hard one. If you want to go in, like I'm a people person, I'll invite them over and we'll grill or I'll take them to lunch, you know, do a lot of lunches, but it was hard to, to meet up with a lot of them. They just kind of get closed off in their little circle of medicine and you can drop coffee off, do all these things. If you don't have an appointment there with your, you know, with the child or whatever, you're not 
it's hard to get in to see him face to face. So it's taken a while to foster some of those relationships, but we've come a long ways on, on those as well. But yeah, I did have a few that I had nobody that was negative towards it, but there was a few that, you know, I probably want to say wasted the coffee bag, but it maybe didn't get used as anticipated. Um, but that being said, I still, I still think the return on investment was, was really, really worked out really well. Yeah. Okay. So then the spreadsheet that you made, it was, I guess, physicians, right? Pedo physicians that was on there. Like who else was on, on this spreadsheet? So I started with general dentists um, and I kind of grouped them by uh, geographical area. So I started in my local town, which maybe has four or five offices and then all the satellite bedroom communities out in the countryside within an hour. Um, but mostly GPs, which I, I was the biggest chunk of my referral sources. And then orthodontists are on there because that's a good relationship to develop as well. So there's probably a, easily a half dozen ortho offices that I put on there. Oral surgery, one or two endo. But most of the specialties that work tightly with pediatric dentistry, I put on there. I also put, I looked up the different medical providers and like hospitals and I looked up primary care physicians, basically. So, you know, pediatricians, primary care docs, family practice docs, I put those on a list. Um, I didn't target some of the specialists. I didn't get to ENT or um, Odo right away. But yeah, I tried uh, nurse practitioners. And like I said, I didn't have a ton of great success with them. A lot of times I'd call, okay, sounds good. I go in, I try to meet anybody face to face. They wouldn't come out. I'd hand the stuff to the front desk and then they just disappear. Okay, well, thank you. And uh, I'll let them know. And then I'd never hear back. A couple, occasionally dentists or people would, would text me personally and say, hey, I got your letter like in their coffee and all that. Like, really appreciate it. Thank you. But a lot of times it just kind of disappears. I feel like the pediatricians and the doctors, they have to hear good feedback consistently from patients of theirs to really get it impregnated in their brain. Like, okay, if I have a, a new young kid who's got stuff going on, I need, this is who everybody goes to. I need to send it to Dr. Casey at Quiver Creek Pediatric Dentistry. Whereas if you just drop stuff off, I don't know if they're so inundated with medicine reps or what the deal is, but that was, that's a tough one to crack. Um, I have heard of some guys having good success with when you get a new patient, you ask who the primary care doctor is. And then whenever you're done with that exam, you've got like a little form in your office you fill out that just says all their, their oral health findings, what their hygiene was like, dietary counseling, any findings present, any treatment needs. And you just fill out a little form and you fax it to that physician's office. And I don't do this, but if I really needed new patients, this would be a, a really good idea. But you fax it to their primary care doctor and, you know, they show up and it's sitting on their office that, okay, like it, it may be, a, I don't want to say annoying to some of them, but they're just going to be like, why is this dentist sending me things? But after a while, they keep getting these faxes. It just kind of puts in their brain like, okay, this guy like cares about his kids. They're just letting me know that we're getting oral health concerns address, you know, maybe you get one that doesn't like it, but I've always thought that's a, a clever idea as well that I haven't really um, jumped on just because I've been so busy. I haven't really needed to, but that would be a good way to get good. And the, the good quality patients that you want that are, I want to get an early established lifetime care, you know, good routine recalls, not the type that comes in at eight for a first, you know, uh, first time at the dentist comp exam and they're bombed out. You know, mm -hmm. the, that's how you can attract good patients is, is it takes longer to invest in the primary care physicians and the doctors, but the long-term benefits are they refer some really good patients to you. So it's worth the, the time and effort. Yeah. How far out do you recommend doing this? Like as far, or how far out did you, rec did you start doing this? Like as far as ordering the Black Rifle co uh, coffee, making the adhesive versions of business cards, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, probably in the realm of maybe three months or so is when I start, started getting serious. But I, uh, I had COVID, COVID as sort of a blessing in disguise to work on this stuff. So the process of designing the referral pads, the business cards, the logo, um, 
I think I use 99 design uh, for the logo, but you know, putting all your brand and all your, your physical paperwork that you're going to be giving out, you want to start that ahead of time. Cause that's something that you can easily do after work at night in your downtime. You can work on some of that stuff. Um, you probably want to wait till though you're in the red zone of you've got a hard start date. You can see the end date. You've got team members that, you know, like you've got to have a game plan. If you do it too early, it can bite you. If say you're waiting on some construction to get finished, but you want to be proactive, mm-hmm. um, maybe it sounds good in theory, but you can only push these patients off so long. Like if you start doing all these things, say three or, you know, what you think is going to be two months out, but in reality, you can't, your practice doesn't open up till four months because of construction delays or anything else. You're going to have patients on your wait list calling, you're referring dentists, sending you patients that, hey, it's been four months and Dr. Casey still hasn't got me into his office. It's still not open. What, where else do you recommend? And it might leave a bad taste. So you've got to kind of uh, walk a fine line of, um, I guess if in doubt, you know, if you think the demand is going to be there, I would say maybe maybe wait the extra week or two, or it may, it may be better to be just a touch late than a touch early. But a, a good sweet spot to start this process is around two months of physically going door to door, making those connections with the referring dentist. And then that way, you've got about a month and a half or six weeks to kind of finish your systems, make your list, of, you know, your long list of kids to get in. And then we started scheduling about maybe like two, two weeks out ish, probably, yeah, around two weeks out. I brought my team members in. We did about a week of, of training and developing systems, training on our software. And then I gave her the list and said, start scheduling. And that was for about, about two weeks out. And so that's kind of the general timeline of how I use that, that list of patients. Gotcha. And then real quick, how much was this in total budget-wise? Budget-wise. Okay. So the um, marketing materials, referral pads, since I did this all myself, which is kind of the theme of my office is I'm a very DIY guy on a lot of things, but you know, the, the website I designed myself, that was a Squarespace fee, hundred some bucks or whatever it was. And then a little extra for the domain, the business cards. I did everything on you printing, which basically you design your files and you just upload it. It's kind of like Vistaprint or anything else, but business cards, I had, you know, 50, 60 bucks worth of business cards. Referral pads were somewhat expensive, but not bad. Um, maybe a couple hundred bucks on referral pads. And then the handwritten notes didn't cost me a thing or the typed up notes didn't cost me anything. Uh, the coffee was about 800 bucks worth of coffee. Oddly enough, I took a big picture of it in my living room. I had my black labs, very American of me. And like all this coffee sitting on the floor and my referral, uh, referral pads, I took a picture and sent it to their social media. And I think they used it at some point. So that was kind of cool. I better use it, man. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Like, like I spent 800 and actually I called them up and I was like, Hey, I'm going to be buying a ton of coffee for like a business thing. And they gave me a discount on it. So they were, they're cool. They're a publicly traded company now. So it might be, might be different, but, um, but yeah, so say 800 bucks on coffee and then a little bit of my time, I bet for, if you round up 1500 bucks in total for all of that to get me, you know, a hundred plus new patients on the books opening day easily, just a little time and elbow grease and doing things doing things myself went way further than trying to do more expensive options or, you know, I do plenty of social media and everything else. Um, but I, I think that it's really hard to compete with shaking hands and making connections in person and some of those little thoughtful extra touches, like the return on investment on that's going to be pretty hard to beat compared to some of the other modalities that we have. Yeah. Awesome, man. And guys, if y'all want to listen to the uh, Casey's full interview in the past, it's episode 341. So if you guys want to go in the show notes below and check that out. But Casey, I appreciate your time. If anyone has further questions, you can definitely find them on the Dental Marketer Society Facebook group or where can they reach out to you directly? 
honestly, I'm an open book on things, but you can text me uh, or my phone is 641-425-7279. You can email me uh, or hit me up on social media is probably a good way. Just DM me. It's Casey Getz, C-A-S-E-Y-G-O-E-T-Z. And then uh, if anybody's the pediatric dentist, I also do um, a little bit of my own podcast that you've helped plug before. That's kind of pedo specific. It's the uh, the Bruise and Tiny Teeth podcast. So if there's pediatric dentist specific out there that that have like pedo questions for me, you can find some good like, you know, clinical tips and stuff there as well. Awesome. So guys, it's all going to be in the show notes below. And Casey, thank you for being with me on this Monday morning marketing episode. Michael, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.